nachos, amigos, and welcome to Record Breakers, a book club for music, a gathering of friends, talk about music, sharing albums with each other. I'm Peter Ray, your man with no plan. Here with me, of course, is my crew, my regular team. We've got Brett. It's a it's a book club for music or a music club for books. You find out. Yeah, we've got Patrick. Hello. And we've got Drew. Hi. We're here to talk about music and uh, the provider of the music this week. The one sharing an album with the crew, with the quorum, is Brett. Brett, what do you got for us this week? Uh, I've got the the album Milo Goes to College by the punk rock band Descendants. Uh, you may have heard of it. You may not have. We're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's some familiarity with you guys. Uh, so, I mean, let's, let's get through the expectations. Uh, Drew, uh, what were your expectations coming into this album? Um, oh, wow. Uh, the, the Descendants, a band I've never heard of before. I had no idea what was, you know, the this album's kind of a punk rock classic. If you're into anything pop punk and you were a teenager at one point, or you like melodic bits of, uh, the punk rock and hardcore punk genres you you probably have heard of these guys a little bit um so i sort of knew what i was getting into and i was real excited to have an excuse to listen to a lot of descendants <laughs> uh patrick what were your expectations uh it's the goddamn descendants they're a band i love although this is not my favorite of their records it's not like they have a whole lot of terrible ones uh so this was uh, sometimes I get to listen to an all new album I've never heard before. And then sometimes like this one, it's a review of an album I just haven't listened to in a few months. Um, yeah, um, I'm going to I'm going to have to uh, make a confession. Uh, I'm going to have to say. Um, I hadn't listened to this record up until we decided to do it on the show. <laughs> I'm going to be that guy that hadn't listened to Milo Goes to College. And I kind of <laughs> was waiting until now. To say it, because it's like, oh, it's going to be a, a softball. We've all heard this a million times. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> cool. There's, there's, there's one in every group. <laughs> well, and this album was not readily available from the time of its release until you could start downloading stuff illegally. Yeah. Uh, in uh, many that's how I got it originally. Napster <laughs> yeah. was great. Guys. You'd have to know what you were looking for to come across it. Yeah, so this is definitely a new experience for me, though I, I, I had an inkling inkling uh, of what I, what to expect. Uh, Brett, how would you describe this album musically? Uh, you know, it's it's of its era and of its time. It's uh, what I like to think of uh, the uh, the best in class show dog variety of this style of music of its time. It's a it's an album made by kids um, mostly. Um, but uh, it's a it's it's an album that's that's powered by a sense of drive and energy. Um, it's it's trying to distill down um, what a live punk rock show is, which is not a very easy thing to translate into an album because I a lot of people failed um, at, at trying that. Um, it uh, you know it it's it was something that I was drawn to as a teenager um, because it sounded a lot. It was the prototype um that many people built off of after this album inspired them to go and make their own music um 
instrumentation is pretty standard for a punk band. The only thing that would probably be super noteworthy is that the uh, melody is uh, is driven by the bass guitar. Even the vocals follow the bass guitar, if you notice. Maybe that's how you can remember what key you need to sing in, is to uh, make sure that the guy who's really good at playing the bass is always hitting the notes. But the, the guitar is more of a secondary filling in a, uh, a role. Um, you know, uh, lyrically, I guess that there, there are people who latch on to this um, because it's a, uh, it is a song by teenagers explaining emotions of outcast teenagers in the early 80s. It's definitely of its time, but I guess it holds up pretty well. Um, I didn't latch on to lyrics personally. I would have been Ever. pretty okay if it was in a language I didn't understand. I uh, I enjoyed it. If it, it was boops and beeps that were being sung, um, that would be cool too. Uh, it's definitely um, a music that stands on the the forward uh, propulsion of energy. It is a it is of the era of of punk rock. This would be considered fast. Yes. Uh true. What what would be the themes elements that catch your attention on this album musically? This is 22 minutes and 32 seconds to create an album that is a classic for a reason in the punk rock genre. Um, the Descendants are considered one of those bands that just, they came up and they sort of honed in on a sound and sort of pointed it where it needed to go. Um, and that was sort of that melodic hardcore um pop punk sort of thing that was coming up in the eighties. They sort of put a razor point on it with this album, I think. And it just shows throughout the entire thing. Um, you have that nerdy front man that is writing the prototypical like pop punk, what we consider now the prototypical pop punk songs. It's, it's something that's easy to, as Brett said, it's sort of easy to latch on to those, but you also have um, that just crazy um, fast sort of hard, like harder punk edge to it. Um, but also in this album, what you don't expect to get right off the bat is sort of like a surf rock style bravado to some of it, um, which is always awesome and always welcome. The Descendants in my opinion, all the descendants that I've ever listened to, you sort of hear that little surf rock influence at times, which is a lot of fun. Um, and it was really well done. Um, like Brett said, the bass playing is probably the highlight as far as musicality goes, but you have something that not only was easy to latch onto, um, for a lot of folks musically, but also lyrically, you had um, other bands doing melodic sounds in the early 80s, um, but they were bands like Bad Religion and the Dead Kennedys and like that sort of thing. And that was like a little bit harsher um, in terms of lyrics. And then you had other bands that were way harder on the music's like uh, the music's um, the music side of things. You had things like the Circle Jerks or Fear and stuff like that. And they were doing much more heavy on the noise bits of uh, the punk rock. So those were harder to get into, I think, for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons, whereas the Descendants sort of 
stuck in that middle ground. And it was something that is easy to get into, but still had a lot of depth to it, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick, what would be the themes and elements that make up this album for you? Um, this is, this is the roots of a, of a band that I adore this, this you see. So for me and, and like, just to be clear the the album that follows this, I don't want to grow up is one of my favorite records ever. It's fantastic. I, I really, I like pretty much everything the descendants did up until like the mid nineties, even when they, the everything sucks in the mid nineties, the new stuff and the jury's out on, uh, but this album, you really get to hear the evolution from a band without Milo to the band that, you know, that the Descendants ultimately became. And with that, you get you get a lot of the stuff that they've always done, that they always continue to do, like weird little fun little, you know, 30 or 40 second oddity songs, but also like the way I described the descendants for a long time has been the descendants have written a song about every way you've ever felt. That is like, to me, they have a song. They have songs like throughout their catalog that I'm like, I can connect a moment in my life or an experience in my life. And there's a descendant song that is applicable. Like you can, you know, it's something they've, that for me has always been, uh, you know, what, what hooked me. I mean, the first song I ever heard of theirs was silly girl. And, like a musical like, XKCD. It, yes. And it's also, I mean, they don't, it's not like they have that many records, but you know, they've, they've got, you know, half a dozen now. And like they've, they've written songs about every way you've ever felt. That is, that is how I feel about them. They very much, and like Milo being a, you know, the, the whole concept of the album is not, is that their lead singer is going away to college and they're recording a record before he leaves because Milo ultimately got a PhD in biochemistry and worked in labs and stuff, you know, which is why they don't have 7 million records. They like do one whenever he gets bored of, you know, college and or work, depending on what year it is. And this album, like you hear, you hear like this super raw, super fast punk, which is, I think what Brett loves about it. But also for me, you hear the, the very beginnings of, of the very, the more heartfelt stuff they did later on in their career, but you get really good driving bass that carries everything through. Bill Stevenson is one of the tightest drummers in punk rock. He is, he is very much just perfect for this era of the genre. It's like, uh, the guy from bad religion comes to mind, the guy from Pennywise and Bill Stevenson, like a being super tight, super perfect for what they're doing. And, and it's just really, really good old punk rock mm-hmm. uh yeah <clears throat> this is good foundational punk rock you see the the tendrils in uh, in so many other things going forward and it's so good to go to go back and kind of discover this uh with fresh eyes which is which is a, was a fun experience uh let's talk about some key tracks brett what would be some of the key tracks uh to zeroing on well i mean you can I mean, I don't want to spend too much. This is a short album, so I'll try and keep things short. Um, we'll start off with very short songs. Um, the like one of the very first songs that I heard uh, was "I Want to Be a Bear," and I I don't know if I've or I heard much other than there. Yeah, the when it comes to to bands making like crazy uh, build up songs, um, the 
they've made a career out or well they made a few on this album um uh, also I, I believe that uh the i it, you live the life of reading things forever but i believe it, that uh it's uh tonyage as in uh, uh yeah i don't have the uh the ap style guide for speaking names of things typed out and you'd be surprised how hard it is to uh to google that and get a good confirming of the pronunciation but yeah i I like it how when they they come fast they 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 go hard and then it snuffs out. Um, the very first Descendants song I ever heard in my life as a as a young child I was was Kabuki Girl, um, and uh, that's it's a a song of a lot of um, downstroke uh, guitar, uh, a little bit of palm mute thrown in there, um, but a whole lot of hard stops, and it's not your straight up punk rock song. Um, you have to be able to keep time to play, um, play that song. Uh, it's, it's something that is a, it's a time and a place song. It's, it's, you know, it, I have memories of waiting for that to, to download on everybody I knew's computer because I could not transfer it easily from one place to another. <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, then, uh, uh, hope is a song that probably eclipses most of what this album did. Um, just in the like the life that it has uh, in every small town opera house or basement haunt where punk rock kids go and play music or kids that listen to Sublime and didn't know that this was a Descendants song. Um, but uh, it's it's probably as close to a perfect punk rock song um, of of the era. Uh, it's it's pretty timeless. It speaks to everyone and it uh, it doesn't sound like anything else, really. Um, there are a lot of things that came after this that, that uh, sort of had that sound. But, uh, you know, for the the lyrical content juxtaposed with the the musical musicality of it uh, makes that a pretty a pretty hot banger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. True. Will be some of the key trucks for you, tracks for you. Key trucks. Um, <laughs> like like uh, Brett with Tonyage. Tony Age, um, my age, um, to start off the record, I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce that, but um, opening the record on what's basically a sped up surf rock melody on bass guitar with a lot of crunch is kind of brilliant. Um, it's it's sort of in one bass line encapsulates sort of what the Descendants are about to me. Um especially in this era of the sentence, right? So like it's, it also like pokes at you to like, Hey, maybe, uh, Mr. Lombardo has some things to do in the back and that's all right. Maybe you should take notice. Um, cause a lot of punk rock, the bass just sort of gets left with static root notes and not doing much. Right. It play the root of the chord and play it fast and fill up the uh, low register. And that's your job as a punk rock bass player. Um, but there's a little bit more going on um, in the bass for this. And maybe that's why I like these sentence. Um, parents. I'm going to talk about parents um, because there's a song called parents that is angsty at parents. And then uh, what? Three tracks later you have, I'm not a punk. I believe having an angsty song about being mad at authoritative parents is sort of being mad at authorities, what punk rock does. Yeah. And 
this is not a band to go after cops and the government mostly. So, um, and then marriage, um, it's one of those like great opining love songs. It just happens to be screamed at you. (laughs) That's really all you can say about that song, but it's, it's kind of awesome for that. Um, there's something, there's a soft spot in my heart for like, weird songs that on the surface you don't think they're love songs and then they turn out oh wait maybe they are yeah. um and this one sort of is perfect for that yeah uh i like i like because uh, i was reading up on some stuff and and i like the description on uh on on i'm not a punk from uh because that's a that's a lombardo written track uh <laughs> and it was basically how let me see i have it here i'm not a punk i'm not a punk reflected his disinterest in being part of the anarchic uh destructive aspect of the punk scene the whole he quote the whole that whole thing turned me off i just want to play the music and do it as best as i could and had had a lot of fun doing that it's like i'm not a punk i want to be my own person which is the most punk you could be i think which is really cool uh i agree yeah uh patrick what would be some of the key tracks for you um, I'm not a loser. Uh, that's just, that's like a classic descendant song. Tons of attitude, possibly a little homophobia, but I'm going to chalk it up to this being the very early eighties. Or um, it's a song that's not sung in first person. Yeah. Yes. That's it's, key. it's also, yeah. Well, at least not sung. Uh, uh, he's, he, the, the, the singer is not the narrator. <laughs> yeah. Uh, parents uh that is the teenagiest teenage angst that has ever angsted uh but also like like it very much fits with with like the fact that they're genuinely teenagers at this time and when you're a teenager even if you have really good parents sometimes you don't like them that's the nature of being a teenager because they disagree with you and you think you're right because you're a teenager it just it very very much uh, um, you know epitomizes that feeling uh, suburban home, uh, just a fucking catchy descendant song. And that is, I think one of the things that I love about them is, is they, no one really questions whether or not the descendants are punk. Like people question later pop punk bands like blink One Eighty Two, for example, they're, they're debatable. Sometimes, uh, the descendants are a fucking punk band, but they still know like how to write a catchy fucking song. Um, and I also just, they, they sort of uh, it, it sort of encapsulates the story of Milo, who I just find to be an interesting character because, again, kid in a punk band, went to college, got out of college, was in a punk band again, uh, went and got a Ph.D. in biochemistry, was in a punk band again. Like this is like this is someone who struggled his whole life with growing up and be trying to grow up and not be a normal, boring, shitty adult like they literally, you know. 20 or 20 years after this wrote a song about it or 15 years after this wrote a song about trying not to grow up to be a shitty adult. And then hope this is the song that feels like a descendant song to me. This would fit on any of the next three albums. It really, it's where I think you see, you know, when, when you, when a band's recording their first record, you usually, you often get, several years worth of songwriting because it's everything they've written up into that point. And you could, I'm going to guess hope was written relatively late in the game because it very much feels like the way they went after this. And it, uh, it, it just, it hits me right in my descendants place. It's a great song. And, uh, 
you know, goes up there in the pantheon of great descendant songs. Yeah, there's some great tracks on there. Uh, a lot of very short tracks, and it just it's classic punk rock right there uh, with all those tracks. Uh, let's bring it back around the horn uh, to talk about some conclusive thoughts. Uh, Drew, what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album? Oh, like I said up front, um, the Descendants are one of those bands that, um, while some people may have misgivings about some of their later work, um, they're a band that their influence is sort of felt far and wide. Um, they're a band that's just really good at what they do, what they did, um, what they set out their goals to be. Um, like Patrick said, it's really catchy stuff that came from a genre that at that time, the, the more hardcore punk, like fast punk rock thing was not doing catchy. Um, which I think is really cool. If you're out there and like PD, you haven't listened to, um, Milo goes to college or much of the descendants, descendants at all, but maybe you listen to bands, uh, let's say blank 182. Um, even though their later records are God awful. Um, except for the new one, the new one's all right, but Oh God. Oh God. I couldn't disagree with you more. Oh my God. Spaceships. I hate everything about the new record. I, I like the new blink record, but let's say you like them or you like, uh, say a band like the wonder years or something like that. You, and you haven't listened to much of this end of the punk rock spectrum or pop punk spectrum, the, the eighties where it was like bands like bad religion and the descendants were sort of adding like really well-crafted melodies in the punk rock and catchy hooks and things like that into a very decidedly punk rock sound. This is an album that I think deserves to be heard. Um, when Brett brings punk rock, it's usually punk rock that is, there's a reason um, why he brings it. And it usually a reason is very, very prominent. And that's mile goes to college is kind of a classic. I ain't bringing S and M airlines. I'm bringing Milo's. Milo goes to college. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, That's reference. Jesus. Uh, Patrick, what would be some of your, what would be your conclusive thoughts on this record? I hadn't listened to this record in a while. Cause again, I prefer kind of the three or four albums that came after this, but it's still, it's really good. You get to hear, uh, where, uh, where the descendants come from and like to, to go back to it, to sort of what Brett said, the reason I heard descendants, and this is going back to freshman year in college, uh, podcasts became a thing. And Mark Hoppus from Blink-182 had a podcast. And on the first episode, he basically said the song that got him into punk rock was silly girl by the descendants. And it, you know, it, my, my, uh, obsession ran from there once i started listening to them like oh my god these guys are the best so uh listen to this record and then listen to all the other records from the 80s that the descendants did because they're all really good for their own reasons but this is it's very foundational if you like any bit of punk rock that came after this i feel like this is worth going back to listen to because you'll probably find something you like in it Mm mm-hmm yeah, and I, I definitely enjoyed my listens to it, and I was able to, you know, like, it was able to be something that could give me energy and motivation to, say, build a bookshelf. 
and <laughs> or you know do something around the house blasting the music you know and it was just a really cool listen to kind of go back to the foundation of a lot of the punk rock sounds that i i've enjoyed in my time that were more of, of the later groups and uh and i'm glad i i'm glad i it, it i had the the i'm glad i was given the opportunity and forced to finally you know uh go check out this album that y'all had mentioned multiple times that i kept forgetting to check out <laughs> uh so you know I'm, I'm happy for the experience i have to say it was a great record uh brett ultimately what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album uh, this this album is something that I uh, that it's good thing it's very short. I can go to listen to it once and be like, okay, yeah, uh, that 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 makes me hold on to you know at least some hope that my entire all the taste in music that I had as a child wasn't. I, I'm a garbage person listening to garbage music, and I have yet to grow to the age where I can admit that it was garbage. This is not garbage music. This is not garbage at all. No, there's nobody with red hair on this record. Yeah. Um, but my relationship with Descendants as a whole pretty much begins and ends with this album. Um, it's more the bands that uh, heard this album and were like, hey, I want to do that that I went into later. Um, or when I was into before. But yeah, it's uh, that's more my my scene. But this is this is a very neatly tied up package. Um, much like how I say that every comedian was always funnier when they were on the smack or the Coke, um, punk rock is at, at its best when it's made by young people. Um, and, uh, especially when young people are trying to put into words, things about emotions that then their brains being pumped with hormones and trying to, uh, make something of a creative nature and putting it out and having it be something that is widely acclaimed by critics and peers um, you know, you can look all over and find people who were greatly, uh, you know, inspired by, by this and, uh, other albums. But this is, uh, this is one of the highly, most highly regarded albums of the era of the genre, um, for me of all time. And it's, you know, not even as long as track one of, or side one of 2112. Um, you know, at, you know, if you want to find the, the most, uh, highly, <laughs> yes, if you want to uh, find the the greatest breakdown of this album, you probably won't find it here. Go dig around, uh, but it's not that long. Go listen to it. Yeah, it, it won't hurt, and it might help a lot. Uh, yeah, those are our thoughts on the Descendants. We're gonna get right into our haiku reviews. Good, you know, give our thoughts in poetic form. Uh, Drew, what is your haiku? A punk rock staple, a sound that inspired many. Biochem comes first. Except now, because because uh, uh, apparently uh, Milo Walker because he quit like <laughs> three years ago. <laughs> Actually, this well, he said it according to Wikipedia. He said it this year. <laughs> it's like ah, oh, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done he, researching. He, I think he kind of got fired by Dupont. And then, like, just didn't like how he talks about it. Is he just didn't feel like going back into it? Because he was like, uh, whatever. Yeah, he's, he's I'd rather do this full time now. <laughs> he's fifty three now. Fifty three year old man getting his residual check from Epitaph. Yeah, the punk, rock dream. Yeah. <laughs> the punk rock dream. Uh, that, 
Yeah. That was my punk rock dream when I was like 14. Yes. I was like, it'd be great if I could have an album on Epitaph that just kept selling and then I didn't have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Patrick, what would be your haiku? Humble beginnings of a band that I adore. Classic SoCal punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we got my haiku. Uh, foundational sound. I wish I had known of this a whole lot sooner. Uh, and Brett, what is your haiku? It's one of the best. I don't care what all you think. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And uh, Petey, I told you so. It's only your fault for not listening to me being like, hey, maybe Milo goes to college. <laughs> maybe, 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 possibly. Yeah. I know I've made you listen to like space music by weird Frenchmen, but seriously. <laughs> but now I finally got to listen to it. And I'm like, I'm glad I did. Uh, of course, those are our thoughts on the Descendants, or just Descendants. Yes. Uh, yeah, just Descendants. Uh, you can, of course, find it on our Spotify playlist. Play Record Breakers the home game. Play along at home. Follow along. Uh, try to keep that updated as uh, often as I can. I uh, try to do it weekly. Uh, I even have a Google Calendar alert <laughs> uh, to remind me. Um, on that Spotify playlist will be next week's record. And that will be pro- provided by Drew. Drew, what do you what do you got for us next week? Well, I keep I brought a new record uh, last time. I thought I might continue that again. Um, I brought this guy up before uh, during Hip Hop Month. I brought him up the first time with his album Camp. Um, his new record, uh, not really hip hop. Um, doesn't really rap on the record at all. Mostly um, does singing. Uh, a little bit of Glockenspiel work. Um, but you may know him as uh, Troy Barnes. You may know him from his uh, stint in uh, Derek Comedy. Coming up, you might know him as Lando Calrissian. Um, but Works on this time. album, he, but, uh, Jesus, what, y'all got to be interrupting me. Um, <laughs> but on the album, he's known as Childish Gambino. It's going to be Awaken My Love. Yes. Uh, I've already heard the record. It, it's it's going to be an interesting discussion uh, next week, to say the least. I cannot wait to see here what, these guys, what these guys have to say. Uh... But yeah, that, that is next week's record. This is this week's record. Uh, you can, of course, find us all over the internet. Patrick is at the Swagger. Brett is at Hibbity Bayward, H-I-P-B-I-T-O-I-B-I-B-B-A-R-D. Drew is at Exclusive for X. I'm at PD Rave. The show is at four record breakers. That's the number four record breakers. Recordbreakerspodcast.com. Recordbreakerspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to email us, rebelli.net for this and other shows. Rebelli TV on YouTube, on Twitch, on things. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be back on Twitch. I'm just saying it uh, for the sake of it. Uh, we're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're we're all the place where you can find podcasts. Uh, just look us up, like, share, subscribe, do the things. Until next time. Hasta los huevos.
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>